You're joining us for episode 69 of the Rocky Talkie Podcast. I'm your host, Rocky Riccatoni. This is a unique one. Uh, I moved to Guelph recently, and uh, I had some trepidation about going to a new place. Uh, this, is a, this is a city that is beautiful that my wife grew up in, but I was definitely a Hamilton boy up until about a month and a half ago. And about a week out from moving there officially, I stumbled across perhaps one of the coolest coffee shops I've ever come across in my life. And when I set foot in there, the atmosphere and the aesthetic and the hospitality of the staff immediately put me at ease and made me think to myself, it's going to be okay. I knew in that moment I would find my people. And uh, uh, less than a month and a half later, I now work there part-time. One of those people those lovely souls that made us feel very at home, had a very still and calming and welcoming presence, was a, a young lass by the name of Brooke. And Brooke is joining me tonight. Also, she is the first Guelphite to be featured on the Rocky Talkie podcast. Brooke Henshaw, did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Welcome sure to the did. show, my friend. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Um, we, we, we got there. There was some parking drama and some late starts, but here we are. There's always a little, there is a little bit of drama. It's, it's, it's worth it. It's um, you said, you, do you feel, can you hear everything? Okay. You good? Yeah, I think now so. That we're, okay. Yep. Sound good. Sounds good. Okay. So why are you here? You're here. Cause I like you. Wow. And, uh, I like your, your spirit and your, just how you, how you carry yourself. There was something that I think there's something special about you and you were the first person I felt I made a connection with. And I got to know you a little bit between the drinks being made and uh, a couple of takeaways that I was very impressed with was number one, how you carried and conducted yourself. You seem very, um, very wise beyond your years. Um, Very still, like I had mentioned, there's a warmth and a kindness to you that is genuine. And then when we were talking, I was always uh, so impressed and taken by how much you freely and genuinely mentioned how much you love your family. Mm-hmm. And I just think like, that's, that's really cool. She didn't have to offer that up in between, you know, making an Americano. <laughs> and then I found out that you were doing uh, some yoga sessions on Sunday mornings at uh, Sunday Blooms. So why don't we talk about what you're doing right now? Mm-hmm. And uh, then we'll dig deep into the story and, and find out how you got to the brook I'm looking at right now. Absolutely. Okay. So what do you have to know? So I'll start with the meditation stuff that I'm doing okay. right now. So um, I'm running a series. It's a four part series. Um, it started out as September sessions and now I'm just calling it the sessions because I've realized quickly that a lot of people are down for what I put out there with this. Um, it's all about self-discovery, self-connection through visualization meditation that I guide them through. Um, but then also journaling. Um, I created a journaling booklet, which has 28 prompts. So the idea is the start of the month all the way to the end of the month everyone's getting familiar with their inner voice, um, eventually uncovering truths about themselves, going on their own self-discovery journey. And each week I've created a theme that kind of ties into the grander picture of self-discovery because it is such a big topic. That's a bit of a summary. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that was more, There's a lot there. Yeah. That, that's, that's way more to unpack than I, than I had thought. I think I, you yeah. know, I was like, I think maybe they do some stretching and some yoga and they write in their journals. Okay. So you've put out, you're obviously putting a lot of bandwidth and thought and intentionality behind this. Um, I don't know you much, but I do know that 
what you're doing with the sessions is an overflow of, I think, your genuine big heart and your care and concern for people. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, absolutely. I don't want to be presumptuous. No, okay. I think that's accurate. Okay, so now it, is yoga part of this? It's not. Did I, I just invent that? Well, no, I think a lot of people have the idea that it's yoga sessions on the patio. And because I, I do teach yoga, I have taught uh, it. Okay, so I'm like totally wrong here. So it's just meditation. Meditation that you're doing. and journaling. And journaling. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. A lot of people say like, okay. yoga on the patio and I just kind of say, yeah. <laughs> I'm easier. like, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I took that leap, I think, because I, 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 I've seen, you know, footage of you doing the yoga thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the yoga operation is called Unfold. Yes. Great name. Thank I'm you. I'm a sucker for good name. It took me a long time to find it. Yeah. And as soon as I thought of that word, I feel like it makes even more sense now than it did when I came up with it back in like 2020. Very good name. Mm-hmm. Very good name. Thank you. Okay. So Tell me a little bit about the yoga journey and, and mm-hmm. how you got there and what you're currently doing with that. Well, I'm probably going to ramble, but let's no, go there. Go. So yoga, I feel like I, I started my yoga teacher training a year ago today only, um, but I had been practicing in Australia a lot. Um, and through yoga, I went on my own self-discovery journey. And I feel like I connected the dots in my own life a lot okay. about who I was, but also like more of what I needed. And through the community that I found there, um, I made a lot of connections. And then through those connections, I felt like I could connect deeper to myself as well. Um, And in my lifetime, I feel that I've been on a journey to try to like fit myself into a particular box to make myself make more sense to me. Hmm. Um, And what I've learned is that I'm meant to be like multidimensional, embrace the multifaceted, multi-layered person that I am. Um, and I feel like the only thing that's given me the ability to embody all the things I'm passionate about in one has been through yoga. Mm. Um, it allows me to create like a really good playlist and I'm a big music person. Um, and I'm very picky, so I get to like curate it in the way that I want to. Um, and then I also, through my meditation scripts, I have that writing piece, and I really love to write, and I'm a big word person too. So I found a way to like merge those two things with then self-discovery and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that self-connection piece. So it kind of takes it all. I like where this is heading. That's mm-hmm. so much bigger than I gave it credence to. That's incredible. Uh, Cause I, I'm realizing, let's just move that mic straight in front of you. It's, it's moving this way. There you go. Oh, we're very similar. Uh, so there's a term that's floating around that they're called uh, multi-potentialite. Yes. Big fan of that term. I, and I, I don't want to sound like a D bag saying it, but I am one as well. And mm-hmm. some of my closest friends are as well. And I realize that if I don't have um, multiple pursuits happening simultaneously, I will die. Yeah. I need them uh, because they, each one keeps me in love with the other. It's uh, I, I call it the carousel. So I love that you have curated an existence for yourself that is literally firing on all pistons of, of the passion set for you. I feel like for me, it's a need as well. Wow. I've tried really hard, like I said, to put myself into a box, 
where I'm like, okay, this is what I specialize in. This is what I specialize in. I, I pursued like fashion for a while. Mm -hmm. I pursued photographer photography for a while. And I did shoot some events and stuff when I was in Australia and all of it felt like it was like brushing the surface. Mm. Um, but none of it allowed me to embody all of it in a way that totally made me feel fulfilled. Good for you. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, how old are you? 28. You're doing real well in terms of, <laughs> in terms of like the self-discovery thing. Like it, it, it takes some people a lot of lumps and bruises and failures and wins to get to the place where you start to realize like, Oh, I need this, this, and this, and this. Uh, what was the aha moment for you where you started to, I mean, cause everything you mentioned you were doing while you were trying to discover things, they were all inherently good. But what was the moment where you went, or do, do you remember a moment where you went, oh, I need this? How, how did that, because what you're mentioning sounds very casual, but I have people in my life that are incredibly talented and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, and it breaks my heart. So, I think for me, it was my own journey that I was on in Australia. Hold that thought one second. Yeah. Keep speaking. All good. Yeah. There just, we go. Every once in a while, that's it does this thing where it just cuts out. Man, I'm gonna have to upgrade. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so happens. let's start over your response. Sorry about that. Go ahead. That's all right. Um, for me, it was in. Well, 2020 was like. I mean, it was a massive year for everyone. For yeah. me, just talking solely about the self discovery journey. When I look back now, I was actually in a really rough place. Like huh. probably my lowest point that from 2020 to 2021 absolute lowest point. The contrast from then till now is mind blowing. Hmm. Um, and I've been very vocal about it lately because being on the other end of it makes me look back and right. a lot of it makes more sense now that I have the clarity. Did you know you were in a low point when you were there or is it hindsight? I did. Okay. I did know. Um, and I still felt like I had trust that there was more to this and that hmm. this was leading somewhere. And I was like, were you in Canada or Australia? I was in Australia. So you were far from home and in a low oh, point. Oh, I man. was, that okay. was a rough, okay. a rough, rough time. Is that a podcast all on its own? Yeah. <laughs> like maybe four episodes. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, you, you can condense as, as you see fit. Yeah. I remember being in my room and thinking, okay, I'm such a fan of finding resources about everything in the realm of creativity. I love learning about artists and how they process their creative ideas. Mm -hmm. I love that process. I love watching interviews where they're all sharing their own versions of it, like Hollywood Roundtable. Yeah, I could that's, watch that's rad. I could watch yeah. twelve hours of yeah. that and and still want more. Yeah. Um. So that part, like, I've always found that fascinating. And then I've always had an admiration for leaders in the mindfulness space too. So I was like, what can I do? Is there a role for me in just having an admiration for these people? Mm. Because I feel like I've just been such a collector of resources. And I feel like I'm really good at finding the resources. So I started with that. I was like, maybe me just having this curiosity that I feel I just am hungry for more all the time. Maybe I can make a bit more structured for other people to have these resources as well. So I started with a Facebook group. I think I called it like the Elevation Hub or something. I was like, for people that want to like elevate their lives, um, I'll give you all the resources. and thought-provoking journal prompts. That's how it started. And I realized there was a lot of people that were interested. And then eventually I found that that title wasn't relevant. Um, it didn't feel like it resonated anymore. And then 
I was playing with words and then I thought of the word unfold and I was like that it just did something to me it spoke to me so deeply because like I said I'm a word person and when I think of the word unfold I think of like the gradual like unpeeling Uh, healing back the layers like there's something at the core it's cathartic it's a cathartic idea that's and what's great about that name like all great names is it's it covers such a wide exactly uh brooke there's something here for you my friend like this Uh, is where you're heading i think so i think so too i've only said this maybe three times in this podcast i can already tell 12 minutes in you need a podcast oh my gosh don't and you need i'll buy a mic tomorrow you need to you need to uh yeah this is a thing and i'm actually i got goosebumps yeah and i'm actually watching you function in that role for sunday blooms as well like you're Mm -hmm. you're basically a world builder and an equipper uh i'm getting so excited you're gonna do some cool (laughs) shit i think my friend thank Uh, you yeah you need to i mean you're you don't need my encouragement i'm watching you do it you're doing it on these sunday things like i'm Mm. very excited to see where this is going to go for you because there's people who i'm watching a real thing you're you're a real one in this realm wow that's this is this is this is cool thank you I'm, i'm hearing you and i'm like oh she's she's got it it's that a, means a lot to me. It's true. It, it's a specific thing that you're talking about. And it's like cooking. It's like hosting. It's you either got it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And I can feel your wheels <laughs> spinning and uh, you're likable, you're talented. And what you do serves people. You can't lose. Mm. Kiddo, keep going. Those are big words. It's true, man. Like Thank this you. is historical, I think, for both of us because I'm witnessing it. And I want to somehow help. I don't know what that looks like, but mm-hmm. I think this is a good starting point. You need to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Amazing. Thank okay. You. I, I want to keep hearing about this. So mm-hmm. unfold, you, you landed on unfold. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning just now that it's goes so much beyond downward dog and mindfulness yes. and all that stuff. Yes. Okay. Um, for me, when I think of the word itself, it paints a picture in my mind of like something that's, it's one story that continues to unfold Mm -hmm. and it resonated with me because I knew I was onto something, but I I knew it was going to take years for me to understand what it was. And it was just about me following that connection Mm -hmm. to myself Mm -hmm. and gradually piece by piece assembling the puzzle. What's wild about what you're talking about is that you don't have to wait to do what you want to do after you figured stuff out, people are more interested in the process and the ugly confusion of figuring stuff out mm-hmm. than they are of the final product. They're, of course, the final product is intriguing. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to see a success story, but it's the, it's, it's, the, it's the journey of the lumps and the failures and the process that people are really interested in. I remember when yes. I first witnessed a documentary 30 years ago, it was an Australian family. This is like 1988 documentaries with families didn't exist. And I remember I was like, what? I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, they're fighting. This is so real. Mm-hmm. My point is, is that the reason why things like survivor are still going is people want to watch the process. This is what this is. Yeah. This platform is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. Okay. So, this is what, two years old, three years old in terms of? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess three. 
as far as the idea being born, okay. the name being chosen, it's been quite a journey. And I feel like this, what I'm doing now currently is the first thing that is fully my own, mm-hmm. where I feel like, like I mentioned earlier, like I've touched on everything that needs to be touched on in order for me to feel like this is all of it. This is me infusing all of the things I'm passionate about into one thing. And I feel like my brain works as like, I love a theme. Mm -hmm. I love a series where I can like take a massive concept and then find my version of breaking it down. Quantify it. Yeah. And creating this structure for people, but then also adding in that element of storytelling and full on creativity. Like sometimes the visualization meditations get really weird, but as people start to embrace it, they're into it. Well, it's it's not dissimilar to like the actor studio where people come to New York and pay a premium and get stripped bare of their humanity to find out the process and the art of acting. I talked to, yeah. I had a mezzo-soprano on the podcast uh, a couple months back and she was talking about the fact that their coaches are lifelong coaches. You, it's like a, it's like a Jedi master and a Padawan. When you find them, mm-hmm. you don't leave them because they take you to such intimate levels of who you are and lay you bare, mm-hmm. strip you, and then build you. That there's really only like one person in your life to do that. Um, so that's kind of what you're doing. I mean, that's a really extreme example, but mm-hmm. that's pretty wild, man. Mm-hmm. Let, let's swap notes. So what I'm doing. With I got together with two other creatives and there was an immediate like connection with them. And within 20 minutes, we had the idea of this thing called X um, slash, it's also called The Times. What it is, we've, we've got one under our belt. We got another one coming up next month. We have a musical guest come and we do a live. My dream was to take this to a platform where I could record interviews live in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. So my friend has a speakeasy in the back of his Airbnb and we invited like 30 Uber creatives invite only hand delivered invitation with a key. You have to show the key, Mm -hmm. say the password and you come in open bar interview in front of a live audience recorded live off the floor. And then there's some live music. People are meeting and mingling and discussing. There's a local artist that has his art up on the walls. All that to say, everyone was so grateful that they were in the same space, breathing stuffy oxygen in a hot room, Breathing and hearing and seeing art, creativity, conversation, honesty. And it was a room full of humans that were glowing. Mm-hmm. They were injected. I it, yeah. They were injected with like they were emboldened by art and culture. Mm-hmm. And it's not dissimilar to what you're pursuing. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's this like wholesale thing that people are leaving with. And, yeah. and now I'm realizing why when I see your friends leaving after those Sunday sessions, why they look so content <laughs> and happy. Yeah. That's I feel cool. like we've reached such a deep point of connection together. And also my approach is like very down to earth and playful because that's who I am. And I realize in order for me to connect deeply with people, I have to be connected to myself. So I cannot hide that playful expressive part of me or else I'll feel like a liar and a right, phony. Right. And so if I have to infuse humor and weird like parts of the visualizations that seem silly, I feel like I have to infuse that. And it also ends up softening me up a bit. And then I witness that softening in others. Um, it's like this childlike yep. uh, playfulness comes out of them too. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they realize they, ha- it's like they have permission to do that. It takes well. courage. It takes that that's to let your guard down and not look um, 
to lose some dignity. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I start with that in myself and just show people how little I care if they think Mm. that I'm a goofball and some weirdo. I don't care. So I'll take, I'll do that first to myself. That's great. Because I have no ego around that. And I, I mean, maybe I used to, but I've gotten to the point where now I just fully embrace it. And I'll be like, I'll, I'll take the, I'll take one for the team here. Mm. And then I watch other people just kind of lose that armor that they initially that's, might have at the beginning. That's really good. The armor. Yeah. I, I think that people like you and me have a, have a peculiar task on this earth and that is to dismantle the armor in people and to let them know that they can lay bare all that bullshit and mm-hmm. actually show their soft underbelly. I, my time in Toronto really taught me the art of reaching someone. Mm. Um, I say this all the time that so much of the time in, in, in settings that I had worked in, which was always hospitality, that Toronto felt like a kind of a high school hallway where everyone's trying to having a brave face. Mm-hmm. And over the course of a few Americanos, I could whittle them down to, to their bare essential of, of their humanity. And it was, a, it was a wild thing to witness, and it was such an honor to be a part of. And I realized, like, everybody's just wants to be seen. Oh, yeah. Everybody, I say that all the time. Everybody wants to be seen and heard. And I realized the yes. power of asking questions. Because, like, that's people don't realize all you've got to do is give a shit about someone and their story. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. What, well, it's like, it's just, it's so validating and so life-giving. And so like, oh, you see me. Yeah. And, and like, that's And you it. care to hear my yeah. voice and, and my story. Exactly. And that's all this has ever been. And, and I think me growing up in a hair salon my whole life taught me that, uh, you know, subconsciously is like, just talk to people. Yeah. And ask them real questions, which Non-patronizing you are questions. good at that. Thanks, pal. And, um, and I like to do that too. Yeah. Like, let's just cut the act. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Just, let's just, let's get just to cut it. the act. Let's ask some real questions. Yeah. I, I don't really, I can have surface level conversation. Yeah. Um, but I really don't enjoy yeah. it that much. Well, that's, that's, I, I've, I've made lots of comments to you about the quality of your friend circle mm. is, and I can see, and Ugh. I'm realizing the more I talk to you, the realize that what I'm seeing is, uh, genuine realness. So that's, that's, that's good, man. That's like my favorite part of my life. Uh, I love it. See, that's, this is why you're here. I, you, you say things like that. You, you're loyal. Yeah. And I like that. And I was like, that's such a refreshing, such a cool thing. And, and you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm fanboying right now. Um, <laughs> Brooke, no, I tell my friends that I love them probably an amount that makes them like, that's another relax. thing. When I saw you guys leave yes, you no today you introduced me to your best friend. Yes. And she's like, love you. I was like, man, that's oh, just we, great. They, yeah, they hear it all the time. I'm good for you. I think I was thinking about it because I'm like, this part of my life is so important. And I think it's because friendship is like a, it's a choice. Yeah. I, you meet these people, you don't have any obligation other than the choice that you make to continue to show up for each other. The only thing that's tying you together is that choice. What's your criteria for allowing someone that space in your life? It's outside of the obvious things, like don't be a shithead, don't be, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. What, what, are, what are those moments? Because I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm a weirdo. I'm, I'm kind of full of shit when I say this. I love people and I love meeting and connecting with people, mm-hmm. like just constantly. But when it comes to, Am I going to let you into the inner sanctum and, mm. and lay bare me? Mm-hmm. I realize I'm I'm a lot more guarded and private than I than I thought. Interesting. So I'm, but I'm very loyal. 
So if you if you suffer through my bullshit and I know you're not going anywhere, I will do anything for you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do have these weird like set of parameters that I like, I've subconsciously created. I, I'm curious with you, um, how much credence you put into when you let someone in. That's such a good question. Now my mind's going. But it, and it's such an you probably haven't really thought about that. I think it's probably been very organic. But it it, has maybe been. in hindsight, you could maybe take your your best guesstimate. Yeah. Well, I just feel like um, I lead with my connection to myself first, and I feel like I'm I've become over the years very comfortable with being honest and understanding that honesty is kindness. Mm-hmm. That they're kind of the same thing. They have overlapping aspects, and so for me, when I think of all of my friends and the ones that have stuck around or the ones that maybe are more recent, but I know they'll be around for a lifetime. It, it's the people that will tell the truth. Mm. Tell me the things that maybe are hard for me to hear because in that honesty is kindness. Um, having hard conversations because I'm really big on that. The wounds of a close friend. Yeah. And there's another, one of my favorite parables, it's a biblical parable, is uh, a gentle word can break a bone. Mm. It's just like, oh man. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So I think it's like the, because the, for me, the honesty overlaps with the level of connection. And I was just talking to my friend over the phone, her and I, I mean, I have like a few friends like this where we will just tell each other how grateful we are to each other and we'll just pour our hearts out. Really? We have the same conversations like once a week, maybe like, I'm so grateful for you wow. because I feel fully accepted and seen as I am. And I can just show up in the group and feel like I belong so effortlessly. Uh, and we both give that to each other. And I think that's because we've been honest with ourselves. So we have that connection point with ourselves, which then just opens the door for this really beautiful, Mm -hmm. honest connection with each other too. Here's another reason why I like spending time with you is because everything you you just said right there, I hear versions of that all the time and I don't believe them. There's a lot of lip service and a lot of buzzwords and buzz statements. And um, it feels very disingenuous. When I hear you speak, I'm like, I believe, because I've seen it. Like she's telling the truth. This is real. Um, So much I want to go. What I've said this the past few times. I'm I'm learning more and more that it almost doesn't matter anymore what the topic is per se. When I have a guest on, I just I just want to talk to people and just let Mm -hmm. it ramble. So there's there's going to be no continuity here. We're just going to go. Let's do it. Um, Was there a definitive moment where in your dark time where you're like, okay, it's dark. If I place my foot one inch in front of me, perhaps it will get better. Was there a moment like that where you had to reach out in the dark and and feel for something? Or are you still figuring out what those first steps were in hindsight? Was there like a big leap moment? For me, it was a massive leap. Can you share that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because I've done a lot of the work to process it. And um, for me, it was like, I was so attached to this. I was letting guilt kind of lead the way for me in my life because I was in a relationship for longer than I wanted to be in it. uh, Purely because I felt like I owed Mm. that to this person. Again, this kind of goes back to the whole kindness component. 
I believed I was doing the nice thing. I understand now that maybe it wasn't the most kind thing. Obviously, my intention was kind. Sure. But it was the withholding of the truth, mm. which is why I think that's so important to me now is that honesty piece because I wasn't really being honest. And in my mind, I was trying to be nice, but I was being dishonest oh, man, that's good. out of fear and out of guilt. Uh, so I stayed for longer than I should have. And it got to a point where he basically needed to tell me, he basically needed to give me permission to book the flight home because it got to such a dark point for me where I felt like I, I just needed someone to tell me it's okay to actually Oof. make this decision for yourself. Now I can give that permission to myself. In the moment, I felt like I didn't have the strength to do so. And I, I look back when, cause I had been in Australia and then I left and came home and getting back on the plane. I remember sitting in the seat and thinking, this, this sounds deep and it is. I thought this is me abandoning myself right now. Oof. I knew it. I knew it when I was taking off in the air. This is not, this is me going against what my truth is. And I just knew I was going to pay the price and I still push myself to the limit, which that's that loyalty piece that you mentioned. So you're right. <laughs> um, even back then I would push it to the extreme out of the loyalty so you were still together when you got on that plane. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So the permission for you to leave was him to, was him allowing you to go home, but you were still connected in the long term. And I, but I think we both knew mm. that that would eventually lead to the ending of what we had. And I also knew, and I, that was a guilty, there was guilt there for me that went really deep as well because I, I knew I did not have the strength to end the relationship and then be on the flight alone for a couple days to then go back home and go through the process of rebuilding my life from scratch and doing all that alone. I felt like the physical s separation between Australia and Canada and all the time in between, it was just so scary for me to take that step and have to end the relationship, which was the only reason that I stayed in Australia to do all of that at once. I could, I just couldn't. I truly just felt like I actually don't have the strength for this. I've had the strength to push myself to this extreme and I just need to go. I need to go home to be with the support of my family mm -hmm. to do the next step. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's no small thing. That trip, that's a long time to be in transit while you're carrying that. Yeah. Wow. And I was so homesick also. Yeah. Like how long were you there in Australia? Um, so it would have been a four spanning over four years. I think there was like a five month period of me being back home and that was, that long. I was gone a long time. Wow. And the first chunk of time was extremely long. And then I got stuck there and you know, you've witnessed how close I am with my family and my mm -hmm. friends. And I think it was three years that I hadn't seen them. I'm having a hard time getting there in my head based off what I know of you. That's, yes. that's a that's a lifetime. Wow. And when I had the reunion with them after all that time, it was through, someone's basement glass door because I had to isolate. And I was like, if someone told me oh my God. a couple of years ago that this would be my life, it really felt like a movie. I'm just impressed you got out of Australia because Australia wasn't really locked down. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I did get stuck there. Oh God. Yeah. Wild times. Wow. Okay. 
any deep relationships outside of the uh, intimate relationship, like friends wise, was, did you, did you land any good? I did. Yeah. I mm-hmm. landed some really amazing friends. I do know, um, I do look back and I know that the way that I centered my life around the relationship that I was in, it definitely didn't, which was my choice in the end. So that I'm not putting the blame on anyone else, but me doing that, I think because I felt like I had to disconnect slightly from my own truth in order to exist in the relationship, I felt like connection outside of the relationship was also more difficult because I was disconnected from myself. So there were a few friends that I felt like they saw me fully, mm-hmm. but I think now to how easily I connect with basically anyone and because it's because I'm so connected to myself now and I feel like I'm telling myself the truth and so there's integrity there and when I feel like I'm in integrity, the connection piece is easy. But then I was out of integrity. I was in something that I didn't want to be in and I don't like being out of integrity. It really bothers me. Yeah. Well, you, you're a genuine person, so anything less than would suck. Uh, how long were you with this particular person when you knew you should not be? Are you afraid to admit that? Yeah, I am. <laughs> how long was I the am. relationship? It was like a five-year relationship. Wow. Yeah. You were a kid. Yeah, started. I was. I, I think I was 23. I'm not a kid, but you're okay. Well, I kind of was. All right. 23 sounds like a kid now. Okay, so <laughs> let's, you don't have to, you don't have to talk about that specifically about mm-hmm. how long, but what does that feel like when you're with someone and you don't love them like they perhaps love you? What did that do to you? How much did you carry that with you in a 24-hour cycle? 24 hours. <sighs> it was so painful. And oh. I, I, because I, especially because I was so concerned with thinking that I was a bad person and what that was doing to the other person. And then it was just like a spiral and like in a continuous cycle of me feeling guilty and then me can, trying to convince myself that I can stay in this thinking that's what I owed this person only to then find out, I don't think I want this. And then the guilt would set in again and there's the cycle and it just continued on. And it was really painful and dark. And, and like I said, I feel like the emotion that I sat in probably 99% of every day was guilt, which yeah. is a tough emotion to make use of. I love that you said that. That's cool. Which leads me to my next question. And I'm kind of, it's, it's kind of a redundant question because we've kind of covered it in multiple facets, but in closing on this chapter, if you could quantify and distill it down to one nugget of truth, what was the biggest takeaway slash lesson of being with being in something like that for too long? That self-honesty will always lead you to better places than avoidance. Period. Period. And it's, and I say that, and I know that like the follow-up is just that it's going to be really shitty. Yeah. Period. It's yeah. just going to be shit sometimes. Boop. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, kiddo. And I think that's why now I'm like, if a conversation needs to be had, that's perhaps uncomfortable. Let's just have it. Okay. You know, it's funny that you're saying <laughs> that because uh, someone close to me 
is kind of on a loop with negative talk. Mm-hmm. Hyper talented. And I love them deeply. But I know that if I have honest words with them, it will decimate them. And I'm not sure I have the wherewithal to tell the truth and then to watch the fallout. Mm-hmm. But I love them so much that I'm, I'm entering the point now where if I don't tell the truth, I'm probably a shitty friend. Yeah. Um, and I've had some hard truths come my way. And it was horrible. And it was embarrassing and full of shame and regret and self-loathing. But the sun came up the next day and I saw things differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And I owe it to them, I think. And I have a place in their life of big brother that although it will hurt, they will likely receive it. But I need the gumption to do that. But it's very timely what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's, love is hard. It is hard. One th- video that helped me reframe this whole thing about honesty and the overlap between that and kindness was this video about it was differentiating niceness and mm. kindness. Mm. And that surface level aspect of like when you think that you're being nice to someone, so maybe that means you're withholding the truth out of fear of not hurting them which is what I was doing this Damn. whole time in that That's really relationship. Yep. But that kindness sometimes means stepping up to the plate, having really hard conversations, saying the truth, even though the truth might be scary. That's true kindness is not withholding the truth because then you're giving the other person all the information. Yeah. This isn't a podcast. It's just a chat with a pal. This is great. It's great. How's it going for you so far? Your first podcast. You, you I'm loving you, it. Okay, good, good. I could talk for hours. Right well, maybe we need to have you on more than once. Love it. Um, I love it. I, I love conversations that I can, it's like I'm looking at a garden. I'm like, hmm, which vegetable shall I pluck next? Because there's, <laughs> there's just so much to pick from. Yeah. Um, you mentioned with the, the sessions uh, that music plays a part of it. Uh, I feel like you're very similar to me where you're, you're I love I love designing menus for clients. I'm like, ah, oh, what do we make these guys? You know, mm-hmm. how much are you? And, and music. I'm a musician as well. Like, music is is everything. It's it's actually outside of you know the obvious things like my wife and my family. It's actually music first, and then chef. Mm. Um, so music takes up a massive swath of space in my life. How much are you? Uh, how much does music play into your shaping of each session that's coming up each week? Because you're listening to music when you're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? It's okay. interesting because it's more instrumental okay. stuff. So some of it, like I'll find that I deeply connect with a lot of it. I think for me, music shows up more so in the creative process um, when it comes to the sessions, because I have to make sure that it doesn't overpower or right. overshadow right the material that I'm trying to share. So I think for me, music shows up in the creative process. When you're shaping it. When I'm shaping it, when I'm coming up with the themes and the ideas. Like if I have a playlist on that resonates with me, I feel like I can honestly go for hours and do anything. And I feel like music connects me back to myself and that creative side of me comes out. And one interesting thing that I was reflecting on recently was that dark point in my life I turned to just listening to all personal development podcasts and I actually, 
I think it was a subconscious thing. I paused my whole music like discovery journey. Why? I, w- I was avoiding the truth. I feel like music doesn't allow me so to music, lie to myself. Wow. Because I connect, when I find music that I connect to, it brings all the emotions to the surface. Whatever's like buried deep, it'll come up to the surface. And so now I've made the connection. I didn't at the time, but I was like, if I fill my ears with podcasts about how I can be better, I can stay so focused on like, what's next, so what's next, what's it, next. Analytical versus the emotional. Totally, so which I, is not me. If I ever want to hear you to tell me the truth, I just need to put a good song and just go, Brooke, yes, tell me the truth. Yes, <laughs> That's your truth I'll, serum. I'll, I'll tell you anything, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It is. Wow, man, I, I love that. Um, hmm. Because I was going to ask you, what was the song that was on repeat during a dark time? There was no songs. It was just podcasts. Yeah, I shut that stuff off. That's crazy. (laughs) I didn't want to go there. That's wild. I love that. Um, This is a question that I think I I may have asked almost all 69 of my episodes. Um, What was that song? In the first time you heard a song that moved you that was transformative, that you were in another place in time when you heard it. I know what mine are. There were a few. Mm, um, I was going to say, I feel like there are so many. I, it's an unfair question, but it doesn't have to be the <laughs> so one. Unfair. But, but like, can you recount one? Well, I have one tattoo of a song title. So I feel like my mind goes there, first of all. Okay. It's Lua by Bright Eyes, which the lyrics of the song are actually quite dark. I got this tattoo when I was very young. And it was... Um, it was actually dedicated to one of my brothers who listen. he's six years older than I am. So at the time when he was all into bright eyes, uh, I was probably eight years old. Mm. And I remember hearing it all the time on loop. And at the time he was going through his own very dark period. And so I was trying to understand in my eight year old brain, Mm. I was trying to make sense of those lyrics and understand how someone could resonate with them. And now I, when I hear the song, I'm, I'm more so just inspired by his journey that he's been on and the appetite for life that he has now. He's like my, one of my favorite people in the world. We're going to spend time talking about your brother. Because that was the first, the first moment where I realized who you are was your, your love and uh, fanfare for your brother. Um, what's it like? I, I've, I've always been the big brother the big cousin. Um, and I've, I have younger brothers and younger cousins that watched me intently and felt deeply when I was going through shit. Um, what does it feel like to be an eight year old looking at a towering idol of yours go through hell? How much did you feel? How much did you, how much were you able to like, I don't, I also don't want to ask leading questions. Mm-hmm. Where did it show up in an, in a feeling in your thoughts? Do you recount what you were, how you were processing that? Yeah. I feel like there's been many moments of that for me. Um, and I feel like there's not many things worse than that feeling of seeing someone who you believe in more than anyone and wanting to be able to communicate that to them. And also I was a child that was very careful about not overstepping and I internalized a lot when I was younger. I was a really observant little girl. I I was very quiet, believe it or not. You knew at that young age, sub 10 years old, not to overstep your boundaries. Yeah, I, I was very, I was a very cautious child. Wow. Very, very observant, which served me in some ways. And 
it also didn't in other sure. ways because it made a very hyper vigilant teen slash adult where I felt like I was hyper aware of everything and I tried to like then fit myself into the situation right. after, which what's, I'm trying to challenge that now. What's worse, seeing an older brother that you love so much go through hell or, or seeing parents fight? Are they the same? Are they different? Are they equal but in different ways? Like I think same. Wow, interesting. Because I know that when my son when sees me and wife, like see him, me and wife, me and Lauren, my wife, <laughs> uh, every couple fights, but we don't fight a lot, but he hates it. Mm. Every kid does, but he's like, are you fighting? Stop fighting. Even when yeah. we're kibitzing and playing and we're not fighting and he may misconstrue it and hear a tone around the corner in a different part of the room and he'll think we're fighting. Like, he hates it. Mm-hmm. Um, as kids do. Because mm-hmm. it makes you feel like the world is upside down. For sure. And you want to... Again, if I put myself back in that little version of me, I wanted to help. But Mm. first of all, I could only do so much. Second of all, wasn't my place. Third of all, probably beyond my scope of understanding. And I think now when I think of what I want to be like as a parent, I think it comes back to the whole acceptance of how things are knowing that we can't avoid the difficult things. So not hiding the difficult conversations or the moments of contrast or adversity, not keeping that hidden because sometimes hiding things and communicating that they need to be hidden might create some shame. So just not keeping it hidden, but showing what comes next, the resolution, the follow-up conversations, the ability to be in those moments that are so uncomfortable and sometimes painful because that's part of the human experience. And then showing that there's resolve at the end and enough love to have gone there and continue on and say what's next. I'm going to say something that may be out of turn, but I'm going to say it anyway. Whoever decides to say that they love you and decides to be in a relationship with you better have courage because you're going to put their feet to the fire with, with honesty. Yeah. And if they're not a communicator now, they will be. Yeah. Let me just speak to this as an older 45 year old, never settle in this area until, unless you know that this part of you will never be stifled. There's a, there's a part, I don't know why we're going here, but my wife grew up with a stiff upper lip family. They didn't communicate a lot my family over communicated and the process of crossing over with each other was miraculous and hard and bewildering, but it's worth it. That's what marriage does. Right. Mm -hmm. But there has to be a willingness by the other partner to go through that process. Mm -hmm. So the little that I know of you, you cannot have someone who will not (laughs) let you have this part of you stay alive. Yeah. FYI. I think you already know that. I think I do. Well, while I know you, I won't let you forget that. Love it. If you'll let me do that. Yeah, go okay, for it. Right. I love, again, love the accountability. Okay, right. That's part of it, right? I just, that's, it's such a, the reason why I'm saying that is it's such a precious, um, admirable thing that I'm hearing come from you. And uh, we, need to, we need to protect that at all costs, man. Mm-hmm. But I think you, you have a great group of people around you. That I don't think that would happen. I have the happen. best people yeah. around me. And I think also the, the word honesty, sometimes that can come across as like harsh and, and that we think that it means only difficult conversations and like telling people what they and maybe the don't want to hear. And the license to be hear. a jerk to someone. I'm just being honest. Yeah, no. No, no, Because yeah. people do know that I actually am quite like a soft 
sensitive person so that the, I feel like my edge with this is that the delivery doesn't have to be, it can be with so loving and compassionate. That's that whole, a gentle word can break a bone thing. Yeah. Yes. And that it can come through from a place of loving care. I I hope, I hope that's okay. I said that. Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Um, I'm not getting protective of you already. And I barely know you. It's the big brother in me. Um, Tell me about your brother. What's his name? Well, I have three, and I love them all. They're my oh, favorite people. I love it. Okay, so let's let's do a run through. All right, my youngest brother is Nolan. Okay, you're younger than me. He is going to do big things with film. He spends all day creating his short films, and he works very hard. My middle brother is Connor, so he's six years older than me. He's living in Cambodia. Wow, most adventurous, free spirited person. Anyone who knows him has ever met. You told me about him. Okay, right on. I talk about him a lot because I feel like the curiosity part of my brain has been fueled and like ignited by him. And I talk about him all the time in my sessions as well. Does he know that? Yeah. (laughs) I tell him a lot and he goes, don't like, don't build me up too much. Stop building me up. And I say, I'm just being honest. Mm. (laughs) I'm just telling you the truth. Um, that's what you've done for me. So it. you can't tell me <laughs> that me that's not do. true. Right, right. Um, that's this good. is my experience. And then my oldest brother, Alistair, he, he lives at home now. He was in Vancouver for many, many years. He's nine years older than me. And he's like, he's like my best friend. What does he do? He is a boxing instructor. He's going on quite a journey himself right now. No kidding. But he's incredible. And one of the funniest people I have ever met. Does he teach in Guelph? He just started teaching in Guelph again. He took a little break, but go see him. You got to see him. He is so, Oh, it's so much work. It's it's so tiring. We should do a team boxing session. Like a staff. We should Sunday blooms boxing. I'm down for any team activity ever in the world, but especially this because boxing kind of like made me realize I have so much. I got to like, yeah, Get, get work out. through, you know? Also <laughs> go-karting is fun too. Maybe less time. I want to do that as well. Yeah. And karaoke, but. I also want to, I want to take the St. James crew to Canada's Wonderland. Ooh. Because I haven't been on a roller coaster in like 15 years. I'm Can not. I ask you a question? Please. Okay. I have, I have, oh, by the way, I have guests who want to come on and host me. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is, okay. this is going to be the biggest question you've ever been asked. Okay. Since go. you were born. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So you go to Canada's Wonderland. Mm. Are you going on the roller coaster? Are you going on the scrambler? What is the scrambler? My favorite ride. Okay, but and what I is feel it? like this tells you a lot about a person. That's, okay, well, that's a theory that I made there, up. There's, I, I'm, I'm, I, I prescribed this theory because I, I also live in random theories that shape my perspective of someone. <laughs> that's how I live my okay, life. But there's, there's multiple eras of Canada's Wonderland, and you got to remember, my first era began with that place in '84. Okay. Because I'm old. Okay, but the scrambler is like a. So it's the ride that spins and then individual like carts on the ride spin at the same time and you can go really fast. Okay. I've, uh, I'm now I'm afraid I'm going to be judged by the wrong answer and then we might not become as friends. We'll see. (laughs) If I, okay. At the, at the risk of being true. Yeah. It's love it. And and being owned by the the conversation that we're having and and (laughs) refusing to do the opposite of what we're talking about. I'm going to go on a roller coaster. Yeah. I get that answer a lot. I'm waiting to meet the people that say scrambler. And I think maybe I'm just kind of crazy. 
my initial response is the chaos of multiple directions happening at the same time. Yeah, um, it's, it's my brain. I've, that's my comfort zone. <laughs> Man, you and my wife are going to get along. We get along real well. Yeah. <laughs> Here's why that question isn't fair. It's it's. Uh, I I don't have enough context with it. I'll, I'll ask me again when I experience a scrambler because okay. I don't know it. I'm giving you the answer based off what I know. But there is something about, especially when you're on with a, a good friend and you're at the top of the hill and the screams that come out of your mouth. And I, I mm-hmm. laugh maybe the most when I'm on a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm, I'm scared of roller coasters. Are you? Yes. Also my wife. Um, really? Yeah. But I'll go on a scrambler and I'll spin for seven See, hours but that and I won't sense. get sick. And I don't know what the, also, I don't know what this theory means. It might mean nothing. It's just a question I decided. It's, it's caused, I should ask more it's people. It's causing me a lot of distress right now. I'm like, is she judging me secretly? No. Uh, no, I'm a roller coaster guy through and through. Um, I, but I just, I just want to have like, would you jump out of a plane and parachute? No, absolutely not. See, I would. Okay. Well, let's just keep You're going. You're braver than I. <laughs> let's just keep going down these things. Would you rather experience space or underneath the ocean? Like oh my in the Mariana's God. Trench. Like, cause they're both really harrowing experiences. I would rather stay on earth. Under the earth. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I gotcha. Feet on solid ground. Okay. I feel like I don't want to know. I feel like I know my brain will go so far and I so quickly can shift into overthinking. I don't even want, there's some things I'm just like, you know what? I'm actually good. Yeah. I'll stay right here. Uh, yeah. I'll, one, one of those weird things for me, we're we're on a ramble here. I love it. Um, yeah, when we, whenever I'm flying like from Europe, and I'm, you can see the map in real time in your seat in front of you. There was mm-hmm. something so disconcerting and creepy about the fact when I could see myself over the Atlantic, and I was like, I just got to get over that body of water. What, just got to get over over land, as if landing in the ocean, I had a better chance of landing on on, on or crashing on land. You're mm-hmm. you're toast either way. But there was something about right. this black vacuous. And I knew it was nighttime, mm-hmm. this body of water waiting to swallow you. I was like, get me the mystery of away it. from this ocean. Let yeah. me get overland. I don't know why. It's one of those things. I had many moments with the ocean in Australia. I bet. Where, well, when I was, I, when I was a little kid, the first time I ever experienced like putting my feet in the ocean, mm-hmm. I remember causing such a dramatic scene with my family. I think I was in Cuba or something. And I, I just couldn't stop talking about how profound this experience was because I was like, don't you understand? My feet are now in the same world as all these creatures that we talk about that we never cross paths with. I'm now connected to them in some way. My mind thinks like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Take anything. I'll find the deeper meaning. I'm the same way. Like when I'm, and that's why I feel, I don't know if it was you I was talking to about this. I think I was talking to Anaya about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I feel spaces so like when i was in venice italy i felt utter spiritual darkness it was palpable i'm like get me out of here Mm. what did Uh, that how did that show up for you i'm curious uh, now fear i felt it in in the pit of my stomach anxiety i felt this looming i felt like i was being watched it was like there was something in the same room with me existentially. Mm -hmm. And I was like, get me out of here. Um, So I I definitely on a spiritual level, I definitely feel a connection to things that have gone by. 
Uh, like some great generals, when they walk out in old battlefields, they can feel and smell the battle. It's one of those things mm-hmm. that some people just feel deeply. Um, yeah, but, like but, nostalgia. But I'm That's the kind of person. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. Same. Oh, that that yeah, could yeah, ruin yeah. me. I'm, a, I'm, just... I'm an emotional pack rat. For, me too. For good and for bad. But like, if I if I go to the Louvre in in Paris and I'm walking, I'm like, oh my god, I walked on the same steps as Napoleon. Yes. Like, what what was he thinking? What was he wearing? I'm one of those people that's like. It's not enough to know something transpired. I want to know what that room smelt like. What was he wearing? What, just all the contextual environmental things. Mm-hmm. I want to know all of it. And do you have moments like that where you're like trying to explain it to other people and they're, they're just like, kind of like, yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I will like, I'll be like, no, you have to, you got to hear this. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think this is insane? Like yeah. I, I get wrapped up in things like that and I'm my mind is blown and I, I need people to be on my level and I'm like begging them, please understand how I, insane I, this I, is. I can go there with you. We'll have to work a shift together and actually just have these mind blowing conversations yeah, while, we we, will. while we work. Uh, no, no, I'm with you on that for sure. Well, we've, we've strayed so far that I, I've lost the last touch point of our conversation. What? Mm, okay. Scrambler? Just kidding. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was a scrambler. Uh, Okay, so your brothers, that's where we were. Yes. Well, I think we covered that. I mean, that's... Well, so you have such a love for your brothers. Um, I'm assuming it's very similar for your parents as well. Yeah. Everyone in my family, I just love them so much. Now, is that... Does Brooke come by that naturally because you came to this world ready to love? Or was that... Hard, was that... Um, not harvested. That's, that sounds so clinical. Was that nurtured and downloaded from your family? How, how much of that is nurture versus nature for you? I do think I, if I'm being honest, I think I did just come into the world ready to love with like a lot of love to give. If I look back, even just at my like childhood videos and stuff, mm-hmm. I see a kid there and I'm like, I can just see it in my eyes, how like observant right. I was. Yeah. Um, can I have a hug? You're like Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So that was me. And then I also think that witnessing moments where my brothers had their struggles as well, it made me even more sensitive. Like it, it deepened me and like softened me into that sensitive, gentle hmm. being that I already was. It took me like deeper there. Um, and also I think my brother Connor, the one that lives in Cambodia, I remember when I was a teenager and how he told me that when we would go to family reunions and stuff like that, where there were like extended family members that sometimes you've never met before, that he would make a point of saying, exchanging words with every single person in the room. He was like on a mission. Wow. He wanted people and he he would probably laugh and if he listens to this, he'll laugh because he'll be like, oh, that's so embarrassing. But that's that's truly like how he showed up and the impact that he had on everyone around him. Because I know with all those things that he said and the way that he showed up in situations like that, he planted so many seeds in my mind wow. that now I carry with me every single day. There's so many, any situation I find myself in where I'm challenged by something, I'll probably recall a piece of advice that he gave to me knowingly or unknowingly. So that was one big thing for me. And I feel like that just made me care so much about the level of kindness that I tried to bring and the level of 
making sure people feel seen and acknowledged. And like when I'm with them, I'm fully present, intentionally listening. Wow. That's lovely. Your brothers are awesome. They're the best. And they also know it. Cause I, I really don't shy away from telling the people that I love how much I love them. And it, an annoying amount. Oh man. And I don't care. And I don't care. I'll keep I love doing that. it. I love that. Bro. <laughs> I love that. Never lose that man. I won't. I promise. Do you, was there a moment where eight year old Brooke grew up a little bit more and you made that conscious choice to overstep your boundaries and push yourself into their space and ask those hard questions or say those hard things? Yes. Um, probably too much. I think you, you did do it. I, yeah, I went too far though. I feel like I, my identity, I began to get wrapped up in trying to help mm. and overstepping. And I can acknowledge that now. And I can also be gentle with myself and know where that came from. Was that really like fierce amount of love I had for the people in my life, but then also understanding, which has been the hardest process for me that I cannot change other people. And there's only so much <laughs> control that I have it's good. And that I don't have control over others. So that's a big one. That's a big one. Another period. I mean, my wife watching, watching me struggle and, and I, I always say, you know, I wait, I waited, you know, 34 years for my wife for the one. And, uh, cause I, I really took my time with love. I didn't, I could have been married multiple times, but I was like, I'm never settling in this area on this area. I will never settle. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to hear more about that after. Yeah. And, and, and Lauren and I both thought we were respectively each crazy because I was so much older than her and she was so much younger than me. And she had this great respect for me. And she thought I was this like, you know, whatever established person and mature and yada, yada, yada. And I thought she was this young, vivacious, beautiful thing. And, and it turned out that we were both in love with each other. And, um, but despite all that, uh, I went through six really dark years and, and she couldn't change me. She couldn't fix me, but her standing there and always being a warm presence in that room was more than enough. And now my loyalty to her is un, unbound. Um, All she could do was wait for me. There's a big difference. Um, being There's power in being present and waiting and mm-hmm. believing. Um, and it's more powerful than trying to change someone because you can't. And a visual that comes to mind for me when you say that, because I'm very visual, mm-hmm. I picture like you standing side by side and her feet still planted where she is. Yeah. And that's like a powerful stance. And that's her. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And, and there were many times that, that my shifting uh, almost knocked her off her balance, uh, mm-hmm. her access. But um, I remember saying to her, I'm like, I know what you see and, and feel and hear right now. But I promise you, my life will bless you. Don't give up on me. And uh, we're almost 10 years together, eight years married. And it... Only the last year and a half did she see who she's been waiting for. Wow. Yeah. And now, I mean, like, I wasn't a complete cretin the whole time. But yeah. I mean, like, I was, I was on a serious, you know, uh, journey of uh, healing and anger and, you know, self-loathing and blah, 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 blah. Um, 
And uh, I remember her saying something the first year we got married. I was having a bad attitude about something. Like a shockingly bad attitude about something that should not have been. And she was crying because she was so bewildered by my response. And she said, I didn't think it was going to be like this. Mm. I like oh, those are big words. I died inside. I was just thinking about this like last week, and I'm like, you know, when you're you like, about, ouch. You think about those old moments of, of that something went by, and you hear it, you hear it go through your memory, and you go, Ooh. and you can still feel it oh, there, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. oof, yeah. So I definitely put her through the through the mill, but um, that's love, man. As cliche and as sappy as that is, it's like, uh, and that goes back to that whole honesty thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we got here, but we got here. Full um, circle. Yeah, scrambler. Um, <laughs> I, I hope I hope to meet your brothers one day. Yeah, you'll uh, definitely meet. You'll definitely meet the one that does. Alistair is the older, the oldest. Is that right? He's the oldest. Yeah. Great names, by the way. I know. Eh? Tell me about your parents. Who, who are they? Well, uh, my mom. I love my mom. She has a lot of love to give. Very like gentle. Who are you most like? Person. Who are your dad? It's really hard to say. Probably my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask what their names are? Mm-hmm. Lisa and Rick. My mom's a Lisa. Really? Yeah. Love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. That's all. Just want yeah. <laughs> what What do they do? I'm just I'm just trying to get a picture of more of how you grew up and and. You For know. sure. Yeah. No, my mom. Well, my so my two older brothers actually have a different dad than I do. Okay. That's yeah. similar to my family too. Okay, cool. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because people are like, "Oh, your stepbrothers." I'm like, "Yeah." I'm, and you're like, "How about a punch you in the like face?" That. That's not. That's, no, I know. No, I didn't not. even have anyone ever mention the title like half brother to me until yeah, I think I was like a late teenager. It's so. And I was like, "No, they're not." No, like they're, I actually hadn't thought yeah, yeah. that. Wait, maybe they are. Yeah, no. Because in my mind, I'm like, no. It hurts my heart when when people refer to them like, "No, they're." I was there when that's they were my born. brother yeah, exactly <laughs> fully exactly yeah okay so going back to did you go to school at all um so i went to photography school you did yeah i did a creative photography program but i only did uh one semester where humber in toronto you did you went to humber but i quickly i remember going through this process because this is that whole thing where i was really desperate to be like i'm going to specialize in right. this and I thought photography can encompass all those things that now I find unfold encompassing. Um, and I remember having to go through all these programs that I already knew, this is not for mm. me. I don't care about commercial photography. I don't care about fashion photography. It has to somehow involve storytelling, something deeper. It has to tie into the human experience. And I just remember not being able to find that thing. And I was gotcha. like, I'll know it when I find yep. it, which, it was true. And I look back and I'm like, that was pretty wise. Like that was me trusting my inner wisdom. Yep. Cause now I have found it and I'm like, Oh, and I know. How old were you? Uh, I think I was 19. Good for you. Were you popular in school? I was in the popular group. You had, you had to have been, you're just likable and <laughs> I can't see, I feel like someone would have to try really hard to, to give you a hard time. I was kind of crazy. Like I was very expressive, very loud, probably annoying. Were you a theater kid? Well, I was a dancer. Okay. Of course you were. And I really do think I am a theater kid at heart. Okay. And I find myself gravitating towards people who are theater kids (laughs) or were theater kids. 
and people that would be willing to watch a musical with me. I will watch a musical with you anytime you want. There I've you been go. in many of them. Yeah. See, okay. I have, I wish that I was in all of them. You know, my mom taught me to sing and taught me my first chords and guitar. And it mm-hmm. was G- the musical Jesus Christ Superstar mm-hmm. and the Jackson five and Prince were my first influences in music. Nice. My first concert was Michael Jackson in 1984, Whoa. 1983. Okay. Mine was Hillary Duff. So really very different. Very, very, very different. different. I'm going to have to tell you, I win that contest. Uh, yeah. But anyway, any, the Duff Puff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What year would that have been for the Hilly Duff concert? I think I would have been. You would have been a little kid, right? I would have been a little kid. I still, I can picture a photo of me like looking like I feel so cool oh, yeah, with yeah. like a pink hat on and okay. like a half smile. I still, I can picture it vividly in my brain. It's <laughs> the, really embarrassing. The cool kid half smile? The cool kid Are you half consciously smile, like, half smiling? Uh, yeah. Like the smirk? <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. I was, I was like, I'm not giving you a full smile. And it was like, my eyes were kind of. You don't get a full smile. No, no. I was like, yeah, I'm going to see Hillary Duff. That's awesome. So. I, I, I'm realizing both of us have to drive back to Guelph. Thank you for making the trek, by the way. You, I've had a few people come from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, but that means a lot to me. I'm just thinking about that. Because I'm so used to just going down the street and being home. Sidebar. Yeah. Um, That's all right. I feel like Unfold is going to end up becoming <sighs> something about this this term that I feel like can cheapen and lessen a really special thing, but I mean this in the, the best way. I feel like it's bound to become a brand in the best way. Um, there's a world of wonder there. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Very much. Do you want to I'm take? Excited. Do you want to take people with you in terms of building it on those closest to you and having and fold, folding them in? No, no pun intended. Entering <laughs> them into the fold and and growing with people that are close to you. Or have you thought that far? Do you tr- or or do you just trust that you you may not have a clear idea, but you know it's just going to keep expanding? I know it'll keep expanding. When did Let- you know that? And what 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 let you believe that it would actually keep moving forward? Because I ran an event in 2020 without having any teaching certification at all. And I just knew I'm going to find people to fit into this event. I need to run this event. I don't know what's in me that's telling me like Mm. it needs to happen and it will. And I did make it happen. And I was like, I don't even know what role I'm playing in my own event, but I'm going to figure it out. And I did. And then I ended up just throwing myself into one little part at the end because I was like, I'm not certified to do anything, but I still need to like. You rather got it or you don't. Yeah. I, and I knew it and I knew it. And I also knew that it would take time, especially when I came back and there's been like little things I've started and then stopped in it, but all of it I've known, even if I've taken a pause, this isn't the end. And I feel like now I'm, I'm really onto something. Cause I've, I You're, think this is the first po- time where I'm saying that I'm a business. Oh, okay. And I'm officially registered by the Good way. Good for you. That takes <laughs> chutzpah. To go, no, no, this is a business. This is a thing. This is not a hobby. Yeah. That takes guts. I think I just got to that point. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. 10 years ago in Toronto, I was setting up for a concert and I got this spiritual download regarding what my life's work was to be. And it, fell under three very specific banners. 
I'll share them with you. And I've done that a couple of times on this podcast. For those of you who have heard this at nauseum, please forgive me. They are as follows to create, to communicate and to encourage. Mm. And I heard those words and I went, yep. It all came into focus and all of the unknowns ahead of me didn't matter because I knew that if anything I touched and did had fell under any of those three banners, I was good. So that resonates completely. So that's the question for you Yeah, is uh, what do you feel your life's work is called to be? We know the honesty thing is a, is a major tenant of what mm-hmm. uh, it is your true North. It is. And I think like honesty for me, a, a word that would resonate more full picture when it comes to over the, my whole life would be like truth. Mm. But then if I go deeper, I'm like, it's connection. Mm. So connection, huge. And that shows up in conversation, shows up in connection with myself, connection in relationship, friendship, everything. So is that the word? Not that there has to be a word. No, I'm, I'm, just, this, no, I lo- I'm loving this. Yeah. I'm trying to, creativity is huge. So creativity, connection. I love curiosity as well. Oh, come on, Brooke. You just, that's it. So I think those are the three, three C's. There say, you go. Say it again. Creativity, connection, and curiosity. I feel like curiosity has to be first though. Should we name the, this episode that? Sure. Curiosity, creativity, connection. I like it. Cool. Maybe a tattoo one day. Who knows? Who's yeah. That's great. Uh, I will always be forever grateful for that download. Because, I, it, it, again, it goes, it goes back to people, too many people who don't know what the hell they're here for. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how do you do all these things? I'm like, I just do it. I just do it. I just ask. Like, but remember I was telling you, I was talking about how Dan Mangan is coming on. Mm-hmm. I just asked him. I love that. Sometimes it's so simple. I just right? ask. Like the, you just the ask. it's just it's come through and, and this is not a braggadocious thing. I, I say these things because I champion people. Um people fall short too much of the time by smelling the bread. They don't ask for a slice of it. And I mean that with so much love. Like mm-hmm. it's like there are people that are more talented than me but but they're terrified or they don't they don't think they deserve a shot. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, what's your favorite album? Top three. Oh my gosh, I don't even know if I could answer that. I could say artists. And again, not, not a fair question, but I, I'm just... I'm, I'm Totally unfair. I'm curious about just all the inner workings of what flows through your mind and your heart. What, but, mm. Because I know music plays a big part. Uh, artists is fine. Okay. Big Thief. Really? Yeah. Okay. Obsessed. Obsessed, Seen them obsessed, live? obsessed. No. Okay. Um, I would maybe say Christine and the Queens. And then oh, there's so many. I know. There are so many. Do you ever give play? Was it you? Were you and I talking about this? Yeah. The mixtape? Yeah. Do you know what we should do? Playlists, my love language. Okay. You know what we should Someone's going to listen to this and have a big smirk on their face. That's cool. I feel like a fraud saying this because I've worked three shifts at Sunday Blooms, but (laughs) I don't intend on going anywhere. Perhaps at Christmas time, we Mm -hmm. should give, as part of a Secret Santa thing, make mixtapes for people. Oh, that's a great idea. 
I, I would like to do that. I haven't Absolutely. made a mixtape for someone in a long, 20 years. One thing that's really interesting about everyone at our workplace is everyone's quite passionate for the most part about their taste in music. Yeah, I'm gathering that, especially in Al, our boss. Yes. And you know what? I've been listening to a song on repeat for the last 72 hours because of a, from a playlist that she curated. Mm-hmm. Sidebar. Yeah. Cool. There. She's got her playlist goes every time she's in. Yep. My yep. playlist goes every time I'm in. And also when I'm not. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Um, one of my... Um, I think that with creatives, I like finding out, uh, again, the things, the oil, the lubricants that keep our bones and joints moving, our, our inspiration satiated. Um, so many artists and people and makers that inspire us, um, and this is partly why the podcast exists for me, is I, I want to know the hows and whys of how they work. And I often ask if you could spend a weekend with an artist or a celebrity and you knew you could get the real version of them and maybe have a, a, a sessions session with them. Who, oh, would, you, who would you want to hang out with? Oh my gosh, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I would want to hang out with my brother. He writes like his own music and it's beautiful. He's like self-taught ukulele player and it's beautiful and also i think he's the most interesting person i know and i haven't seen him in years this is in Cambodia. Connor, yeah Connor in cambodia i would just want to hang out with him i feel like he's in my mind he's kind of got it figured out like again he'd be like don't give me that much credit in my mind he does so for me my brain just goes there i love that man yeah what else is worth, um, it's tough with you because you cast such a wide net of what you're passionate about and what you're doing. So it's, it's, it's hard to pinpoint a direction in the conversation. And I mean that, that's my manager at my espresso bar. Oh, uh, I mean that in the best way possible. It's, yeah. There's almost too much landscape to try to like pitch a tent and go, okay, we're, yeah. we're here now. Um, so I want to throw it your way. We're, okay. we're an hour and 18 and I'd, I'd like to kind of go further. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Cause I want to talk more with you and, and, mm. and uh, I, I don't know a bunch about you. So I'm going to use this as an excuse to excavate more. Um, what else okay. is rattling around in there that, you are passionate about that you would love to explore that you haven't had a chance to, or you've been too afraid to. What are the things lurking that you want to step into that perhaps you feel? I'm uh, at such an interesting point right now in my life. I had like the best, I'm just rambling now. This is where my brain's taking we're, we're me based now. on what you, yeah. We're riffing now. But I had, cause I regularly go to therapy because to me, it's kind of a hobby. Again, I just like understanding myself better and like connecting the dots. So you do recreational therapy? Yeah, I would do it for fun. <laughs> I would do it for fun. There's a, there's a movie, there's a script right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway. Um, but my last therapy session, I went in and I was like, there are things I could work on for sure. There are things that are happening right now that I could probably talk out. But today I just want to talk about all the things that are going right for me because that to me 
is kind of a risk. Hmm. Why? Because this is new for me. I feel like I've, I've just stepped into this new territory where things are just going really well. Does that scare you? There's a tiny bit of fear. It's, things going well scares the shit out of me. Yeah. There's a tiny, tiny bit. But mostly excitement, I'll say. Like that resonates more than the fear part, which that's new for me. And it's the coolest feeling ever. And I think one thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is that oftentimes we get so stuck in our stories and the idea of the identity that we have that we don't allow ourselves permission to evolve or to acknowledge that we have if we've done all this work. Because for myself, I feel like I've been doing the same work for about like a year, um, just as far as personal development goes and trying to work through things of the past. And I've gotten to a point now where I'm like ready to acknowledge where that work has actually led me to, to then step into the next chapter more powerfully. And it's cool because I can see things ahead of me and it's kind of like this open door. And I feel like I've made a decision now that I want to step out of certain cycles and that they can, I'm ready to let those pieces go. So it's, it's really cool. Cause I've, I feel like I've never felt like this before. And I think it's cause I'm so connected to myself right now. And then I see that in all of my friendships and my relationships and mm-hmm. the work that I'm doing where I'm like, so in integrity and feeling fully integrated as well that, um, I, I kind of feel like anything's possible and there's like the tiniest bit of fear, but I'm not, I'm okay with that. I know that's maybe a part of the journey and I'm okay to just be like, you can stick around. Sure. Good for you. Yeah. Stick around with the guy that's watching, standing in the mirror, just yeah. watching us into the window. Yeah. He's just going for it. Um, Whoa. I'm going to just go, <laughs> I'm going to go out of my way to just fully ignore him. Yeah. Uh, this is Same. why the door is locked. Yes. Um, do you have a hard time giving all of the friends in your life equal measure? Do you, are you, do you feel torn and pulled to be able to give? Cause you have a lot of people in your life that you care about. I do. I have moments where I feel like, um, I guess because it's easier to pour into like the relationships that are around you just as far as the places you're a part of regularly but I feel like I, I'm pretty good at continuing to show up in my friendships. Um, there are a lot of friendships. I, I think back, because for me, if you're my friend, I feel like you're always going to be my friend. If we reach that point of like deep connection, then that's just, sorry, you're stuck with me. Like I'll always value you and I'll always think of you the same way that I did at the height of like our peak of our friendship and the amount of time we spent together. Um, so I think of like friendships that may have, they're just not in the forefront right now, just because maybe it's been years since I've seen them and I, or maybe they're in Australia or maybe they're back in Toronto, but in my mind, like it hasn't changed. Hmm. Sometimes I have a hard time understanding that like maybe not everyone thinks like that either. Cause there were like a couple of friendships that I came back to after I had been gone in Australia and those people are still my really close friends, but maybe the friendship took on a new form. And I was like, wait, I was so scared at first. I was like, no, everything has to be the same. 
you have to want to spend as much time with me as you used to. Um, I've had to gradually like accept that that's, you felt that way. I did. Yeah. yeah. That's actually, uh, it's, I've had relationships that actually my wife's going through the same thing. Like mm. she referred to it as a widening, uh, not, not a, not a falling away, but, but a widening of the hallway where there's more space coming in between you. And Ooh, I uh, love that visual. And I've dealt with the guilt of things changing and mm-hmm. knowing that the time spent with a said friend was going to dramatically change and feeling like you were failing them somehow. That's a, that's a tough, mm-hmm. that's a tough thing. Just sidebar that, that guy was, that guy was just, so there was a guy on that a bike with a vest of this. Welcome to the North end. This yeah. is, this is uh it's a mixed bag, man. A uh, dude was on a bike just parked in front of the big window watching us. How long was he there for eight minutes straight? Yeah, probably. I really had to go somewhere else in my <laughs> mind. I really you were, thought that you were trans, Brooke was transcending. Uh, I wonder if he thought that there was, we couldn't see him. I wonder if he thought we were a TV show. Who knows? Whatever, man. I wish. That's a memory now. We have yeah, that. We you, share that. We have a go. shared experience. Um, what else, though? What else do you... The world's your oyster right now. I, so here's the thing. This is what's wild about this podcast. We're in like close to 40 countries right now. With people who've listened. Nice. We're approaching 8,000 streams. So oh. now's your chance to chat about other things that you think are worth sharing. Is there anything else? I don't want to miss anything. Hmm. I'm trying to think. What does what working at the coffee shop do for you? Oh my gosh, that's a great Let's question. talk about Blooms because that's where this is where this all began, right? And so there's something special about hospitality and mm-hmm. the service industry and serving people and you working in a, it's a lovely space to work in. Yeah. Tell me about how did Brooke evolve and change during this window of time you've spent at Blooms being a barista? Oh my gosh, I've loved it. There was a visual that I had when I was in Australia. I was at this one little coffee shop and there was this Leon Bridges song playing called Bad Bad News. Mm -hmm. And it was this jazz kind of uh, coffee shop. And I remember thinking to myself, I really want to have a phase in my life where I'm a barista and I get to play this song, which now I can say I've done, and just make coffee and talk to people. I really wanted to do that. I really wanted to do that. that. And and I did. So when I moved back from Australia, I remember finding Robin and saying that I only wanted to work at Blooms and Flora or Sunday General because that's before they merged. And then I pretty much got the job on the spot. And then... um, You just went in cold called and said, I want to work for you. I think I dropped my resume off and went through like the whole process, but I did tell her to her face, I don't want to work anywhere else and I'm not giving anyone else my resume. So take me in. And then she did. I'm yours. Yeah. I also told her in my interview that I was really weird, but that I had to ease into it. And I was like, you don't understand. Everyone thinks they're like, everyone calls themselves a weird. I'm actually very weird. Um, and, uh, and I really mean that. Okay. Listen, Oh, I, you're th- going to bring up the, no, well, <laughs> well, the what, the goat face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, go for it. When, when I, I said to my wife, the first time I met you, my, that girl's so chill mm. and you had like such a, like a silent strength and stature about you. And then I started, I started, yeah. Cause what, <laughs> I what, love that I came across. So we cool. never really know what people, how people take us in. Right. Yeah. And then I started to catch on. I'm like, wait a minute. 
she's a little bit of a goofball because I was watching yeah. you with Fran. And I'm like, okay, okay. But anyway, yeah, then I saw on the home screen of our tablet at uh, Sunday Blooms, there was, mm-hmm. a, there was a face that you're the home screen. I am the home and screen. And you're doing the witch face? It's called the goat lip. The Been goat doing lip. it since I was little. Ah. So this is, yeah, this is a big, humor is actually a big thing in my life yeah. for sure. And I feel like um, my sense of humor, I don't know how to describe it yet, but it takes a while. At first it throws people off because they can't tell if I'm serious or joking which is my favorite part. Cause that to me is what's funny. And then they start to understand it and they're like, okay, this girl's actually kind of weird. She's out there. She's out there. Okay. So now I just like roll with it and I just, I just go with it. And I, I do try to like infuse a little bit of that. Well, I wouldn't even say I try to infuse that into my creations. I just am myself, which I've realized that like fun, laughter, playfulness, that's just who I am mm-hmm. and it has to be a part of everything that I do. I love that. Yeah. Uh, it's really important that you know what needs that must be present when, whenever, regardless of what it is. Absolutely. And that's what gets me through the dark times too. Cool. And sometimes that makes people really uncomfortable. They're like, don't joke about that. Right. Sorry. I have to reverence. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, at 45, I've realized, um, I love, I love being a chef. I love prepping. I love the culture of food. I wish I had another, I wish I was 20 years younger so I could spend more time being a chef. I love, mm-hmm. I love music. Um, that has more of a complicated push and pull. Um, but it's this, it's connecting with people and having conversations. I, when I was five, I'd, we'd have parties at my home and my family, because we were a very big family. And I would pull adults into a side room and basically interview them. And then I'd, once I was done with them, I'd find another adult. Mm-hmm. I love communicating with people. Yeah, me too. I feel like there's a, the warm glow of life shines on me when I'm doing this specifically. Mm-hmm. So out of all the loves, this is, this has turned into my favorite thing. Yeah. And it's, um, I'm not doing it with anyone I, this is one of those things where it wasn't a, a village building this. It was me. And I mean that in the, the best way. Like I was like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I've watched it build momentum. That's a special thing. What in the unfolding world that you're building, what is your area, your, your biggest area of grace where you are fully in full flight? And it's like, this is Brooke. Because mm. there's there's multiple things that we're good at, but there's that thing. Do you know what that is yet? Do you mean like what I bring to my offerings? Um, you you out of all of your skill sets mm-hmm. and all of your passions that you function in, mm-hmm. have you learned which one of them is the one that you just fit perfectly in? Or are you still discovering that? I guess I'm still discovering it, but I think maybe that approach is what sets me apart because I lean heavily into not needing to have it figured out and trying to encourage people to be present in the discovery. I'm big on words like discovery, exploration, um, uncovering, unfolding those words that like are active in my mind. yeah. Yeah. You're, you're in it. There's no attachment to the outcome. And that's where the curiosity comes in. And I think maybe that's what sets me apart because I'm trying to get into people's heads through all these sessions that we're doing. And I watch people as they start to accept it, kind of lighten a little bit. Mm. 
like drop the attachment to the outcome. We're not presenting this for anyone. We're not trying to find an answer. We're not trying to repair or resolve or fix anything. We're just uncovering and exploring and discovering things. Um, And I think because I'm so comfortable with doing that and I have this excitement for life and those moments where I unlock new insights, I'm genuinely so excited about that. Um, so you're, that shows up, I guess. You're a, you're a, you're a, you're an emotional archaeologist. You Whoa, love, you love, that's a cool title. you love to root out truth yes. and discovery. Big time. Yeah. When we do my sessions, I always tell people to picture like a little explorer. They can get creative about what character they're painting in their minds. Someone in the last sessions came up with a Lego man. Mm-hmm. And again, they, they these get weird because I it's immediate. I had an immediate image in my head of a little Fraggle Rock with like a ghillie hat and in a desert. See, where did that come <laughs> I from? Don't know. This is the exciting the 80, part the about 80s. it. Yeah, and this is also like the silly part that people start to realize, like how silly our minds can be and how playful we can be when we tap back into right. that kind yeah. of childlike Childhood, yeah. playfulness. And so, someone who's doing my session right now said that theirs is a bumblebee. And just went with it. And then you just watch the whole room kind of light and like, mm. it's so ridiculous. But my idea for this was, was like ex- the exploration of our inner landscape. So instead of looking out and trying to find things external in the external world, because we spend so much of our time doing that, mm-hmm. looking ahead, looking to the future, everything's like our minds going outwards, directing it inwards, having that little explorer That's good. travel through our inner landscape. What's around the mm. corner? What's... And then I, I tell them to like picture that explorer with a backpack and a set of tools. And maybe they use a magnifying glass if they need to like do a double take at something, like a limiting belief or something in their mind. Or they maybe have to do some dusting of like a corner of their mind that maybe they've avoided or they're afraid to look at. That's good. Just I'm so visual and I feel like when people get into that part of it, it, it makes it just more fun. So you have no classical training in this area. This is this is purely from your ex- your life experience, mm-hmm. your growth, your learning, and you're just sharing the story so far. Yeah, like my only training is just in meditation and yoga and okay. breath work. Gotcha. And the rest of it, which I'm very careful about, like not to overstep into other areas that right. I'm not qualified for. Okay. Gotcha. Which is why I lean heavily on well, then let's just explore together because no one can tell me that I'm not allowed to guide that. That's good. Let's just play and explore and do what we need after with with what we uncover. But right now, let's let's just... Gotcha. Let's just go there. Where where, where did your love affair for words come from? Do you remember, was there a a season in your life where like, hey, I just think I'm in love with words. My brothers are all... One of them writes short films. One of them writes like music. One of them just writes short stories. They're the most amazing writers I've ever, like they're so good. They're all so talented in such different styles. And that's what got me excited about writing. But, and for myself, I've realized my version of being on their level is through channeling like more of a mindfulness aspect. That's where I feel like I found my writing skills come in so you are a writer i guess when it comes to this i'm writing the meditations i'm writing about everything to do with like what unfold means to me and do you have a favorite word 
Well, I want to say unfold. I feel like, I feel like that word means a lot to me. Mm. I'm trying to think of, I have like lists of words in my phone. It's a good word, man. It's such a good word. Unfold is a good word. And, and you, that's a you podcast sat, you name had, too. Yeah. And you had like a sigh when you said it at the very start of the podcast, which is exactly what I kind of envisioned. Like energetically, it's just like a, a trust almost. Like the word unfold yeah. it, to me is just like. It's an open word. It's, a, it's an active word, but it's a passive word all at the same time. And I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm like, you know, I'm really reaching, but I'm not. It's because it's, I'm a branding's huge, uh, a good a good band name, a great song lyric, a great cafe name. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. Me too. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Have you copyrighted that yet? Or have you like... Well, I registered my business name. Good. And is, did, that, is that yeah, yeah. And official did, enough? Did you like uh, secure websites and yes. all that stuff? Yeah. Oh, why am I telling you this? I You're a social media in. person. No, but no, but there's still things that I haven't touched in, like yeah. as far as having a business. So yeah, you know who's really good at that? Good. My wife Lauren. Cool. If you need any like wisdom, she'll help you. With I'll keep that in mind. All of that. Yeah, that's she's, awesome. She's a beast. Hmm. I'm just I'm just really enjoying this chat. It's weird. I it's not often that I feel like I have to. I'm like forcing myself to navigate as a host because I want to have continuity and like not mm-hmm. have you be bored, but I just find myself just, I just want to chat with a friend. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. But I'm like, it doesn't fall into the parameters of like leading the way as a host, but here we are. Um, we're just going to get whimsical now. If you could Great. hang out with your brothers. Yes. Whether go somewhere, sit on a couch and watch a movie and eat Doritos, whatever it is. You can create Whoa. the event. I'm getting excited already. What would, where would you be? What would you do? What would the snack be? Well, I, I want to know, because mm. uh, we've covered some, some pretty heady topics. So let's, let's get a little bit, you know, yeah. have, have some fun with, uh, because I, I, I'm really impressed with how much you love your siblings. So yeah. let's talk about what you would love to do with them. Okay. Well, we'd all go to Cambodia to visit Connor. First of all, he deserves it. He came to visit me in Australia. He's the one person that did. Okay. So we're going to Cambodia and he's going to play the ukulele for us. And we're going to gather around and we'll try whatever food he gives us. Um, except I don't, I don't really enjoy meat. So other than that. Are you vegetarian? Yeah. Okay. Um, so other than that, but he sent me like, I'll show you after. So you understand like how his brain works. He sent me, um, is it shaved ice or something? Yeah, yeah, Some yeah, sort yeah, of dessert. Yeah, yes. Multiple pictures of all this and then multiple voice notes about this place that he found, I think, and how he thinks there's places I can go to get this. <laughs> and I think his friend's buying him like a ice machine or something for it. So he finds he's passionate these things. Okay. He's passionate about life. So he'll find something like this. So let's have that as our snack. And, and then... I'd probably want like each of my brothers to share something of theirs creatively. My youngest brother has an incredible voice. And then my oldest brother is like an amazing storyteller and writer. So I just want to listen to all their creative ideas. I, I, I'm, I'm just so I'm, I'm distracted by how much you love your brothers. Yeah. They're the best. I don't know if I've ever met anybody that's had such (laughs) fanfare for their siblings. That's, that's incredible. 
they're just such cool people. I've learned so much from them and they inspire me to be better in my creative pursuits, especially as well. Um, but also, and I think they're great communicators as well because of how they've gone into their creative journeys too. Okay. Let me ask you this next question. Mm -hmm. You have $500 for each one of your brothers. Okay. (laughs) And you're going to see them and you're all going to be in the same room together at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. What are you buying each one of them? Oh my gosh. How do you, how do you let them know what they mean to you through a physical act of a gift? Like my brain goes to the, my brain goes to this place where I know that they would kind of like maybe laugh or roll their eyes because in my mind, I always want to make sure I'm like contributing to their health. (laughs) So I'd be like gifting them things that are very therapeutic, Okay. but maybe some sort of like retreat. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Cause then I feel like, I feel like then I'd be contributing to their well being in a way as, as well. Okay. You're a giver, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So when you said retreat, I immediately thought of landscapes. And uh, I've recently discovered that geography plays a big part of uh, growth for me or healing or generally good things have happened for me when I changed geography. Mm. Uh, when I moved to Toronto, Toronto was very good to me. Um, this Guelph thing has been lovely. Um, although I am Italian, uh, Scotland calls to me. The English countryside calls to me. It's almost as though if I believed in past lives, I would say something happened for me right. there. Um, the dirty brick of like Manchester and Glasgow. I, I, I have to say, I, I could live there. Are there places out there that call to Brooke that you know you must see, even though you have no right in knowing mm-hmm. or thinking that? Yeah. I think for me, like I did feel called to Australia. You did. What was and it? What was that? What happened there? The, oh, just the lifestyle. I love the, the fact that people walk around in the coffee shops and they're barefoot and they do. Yeah. That's a thing. I didn't do it. I wasn't much of a risk taker. That's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Why? Like one of my best friends in Australia, her name's Asha. Shout out. I'll send, I'll send her the link. (laughs) (laughs) She'll laugh. But she was like the most, she's one of the most relaxed and at ease with herself people I've ever met. It was so inspiring. I feel like she's probably like what you picture, like a really cool Australian to be like, that was Asha. Well, that is Asha. And she would do that. That's cool. Yeah. And they walk of, around in their bare feet. And as a, as a chef owner, it's kind of like weird, but that's, yeah, it's no, a, it is weird. It's a culture thing though. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they walk, you're the oceans across the street, yeah. the grocery store is on the other side. Yeah, so see, that's, yeah, that's on your way home. And then her house is up the street looking, overlooking the ocean. So just quick stop at the grocery store. Yeah. I, I miss that. I do miss that. And I feel like because so much of my life there revolved around the relationship that I was in at the time, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to go back and enjoy the lifestyle aspect of like the coffee shops. You would, you would love that. See, yeah. It was at Bondi beach. Is it Bondi or Bondi? I was actually in Perth. You were in Perth. Which was beautiful, but I didn't, I didn't explore much outside of Perth and Adelaide. Why is coffee so huge in Australia? What, I don't know, what, what but happened it's there? so good. It was a huge Italian. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. 
Korea is massive in coffee. And mm. Denmark consumes more coffee than anyone in the world. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any like overtly Australian stories where you were like, oh my God, I am in Australia. The, the world is literally upside down, figuratively and literally. Like you mentioned some of the insects you had come across that could literally kill you. I'm like, I don't understand that. Yeah. Well, one time I got stuck on the beach. My partner at the time and I, we had driven his truck, which they don't call them trucks. What are they called? I guess car. Okay. Now I'm blanking. I'm like, what do they call those things? I'm not a car person, clearly. Um, His four-wheel drive took it to the beach and we went pretty far. And then we also just didn't really know where we were. And then he got his car stuck in the sand and then the tide started coming in. And so then the wheels started sinking into the sand. Oh my gosh. So we got stranded overnight. What? There were There were two cars that had driven by us and they both said they'd come back to help us and no one ever came back. And I remember the next wow. day when, because we didn't know where we were and that was the scary part was like, how far out actually are we? If we start walking along the beach, how long will it take us to get somewhere else? Right. And then at this point, we were struggling to find service and it was so scary because the the power of the ocean, we were like backward, like the, the sand banks were, but it sounded the waves, like the volume of the waves crashing. It sounded like they were at our feet. Wow. And, and also the way that the moon was like making the light. So it's surreal. Oh, it was, the, wow. it was not fun. And then his parents came and <laughs> rescued us the next day. Did you actually sleep or were you just awake and scared? The whole I was time? like blinking my eyes, like in and out the entire night, but I, I never got probably an ounce of sleep and it was windy. There was like sand in my eyelashes, sand in my eyes, horrible. And I think I just had like a kind of damp towel as my blanket. Um, yeah. Sounds very dramatic to me. It was. That was scary. And also that's not where I'm from. So felt very unsafe. Did you see sharks? I never really, I think I saw one shark from a distance. Is it true that there are no squirrels in Australia? There isn't, there are no squirrels. How does that happen? I don't know. People think squirrels are crazy. I had a new appreciation appreciation for squirrels when I came back. I saw one and I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And then I felt cooler because I was like, maybe this is kind of cool. Recently discovered that across the street from us, there is a, a tree full of blue jays, a full family of blue jays. Beautiful. Blue jays are beautiful. Yeah. I'm digressing. It's, we, are, we are one hour and 46 <laughs> minutes into this, and I, just, and I just realized that you open tomorrow at work, and you have to drive to Guelph, so I'm going to pull the plug on this. Um, but Perfect. But we are going to do this again, if you'll let me have you again. Yeah. You would, would you do a round two? 100%. Amazing. Do a round your, seven. How was your first podcast experience? It was great. Good. Good. Very good. I have to tell you, uh, my friend, I'm um, I'm fully impressed with your your perspective and purview of life. Um, it's refreshing and inspiring. And I will say this: that whoever is in your circle of friends is a very lucky person. Oh, love it. Truly, truly, Thank truly. You. And uh, I'm really excited to get to know you more and to work with you. And um, I'm very excited to see where this all goes for you, my friend. Thank you very much. If there's anything that I can do uh, along the way, let me know. And you need to find a podcast set up. Okay. Say no more. And start the journey. 
All right. I'll there. be asking you what I need to buy. I, I'm very low brow with my setup. I bought this off my brother and um, I press a couple of buttons. I am not tech savvy. It looks intense. It does. It does. It's, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, but it is very cool. But uh, you, you must do it. Anyway, cool. um, thank you for joining me. We are, the next episode is episode 70. You know, when I started wow. this, I was, before I started recording my first episode, I would practice my intro to music. Like a, like a DJ, and I remember joking. <laughs> You're listening to episode 75, and I remember, and I've I've said this before, feeling embarrassed and stupid. I'm like you 75 episodes here, right? We're six away. There you go. It's wild man. Good for you. You uh, did it. Yeah, Brooke. Thank you so much for coming thank and you. making the trip and parking too far away and <laughs> and causing a huge scene, the and, usual, and braving the uh, Hamilton scaries. Um, Everyone, how can we find you on socials and stuff like that to, to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, I post a lot on Instagram. So that's at unfold underscore co. Awesome. And can people, are you booked up for this current session and you're going to start yeah, opening up another sold one? sold out for October sessions. Good for we you. We kind of decided today that we're probably just going to do this every month. So it'll be just the sessions. Cool. So November sessions will be open. I have a few people already asking me about it and, and you're currently doing them going. on the patio on Sundays at... Um, Sunday blooms. What happens when it starts getting cold? And we'll move it inside, uh, inside the shop. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty amazing. And yeah. also, is the Guelph winters as scary as they say there? Because my wife's been warning me. Um, maybe. Not gonna lie to you. I, I, maybe I don't know. It's hard to say. I, uh, they're per- scary coming from Australia. Yeah, apparently, it's like they're very different from from down here. Like okay, snowbanks. I'm not sure because I don't tires. know. Were you winter from Guelph, in Hamilton? Right? Yes. Okay. But I wouldn't know how to compare. So all you know is Guelph. Okay. All I know is Guelph, born and raised, and then I'll, Australia. I'll, so we'll follow up with this in, yeah. in February. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 6-9 of the Rocky Talkie podcast. Um, Brooke, thank you again. Thank um, you. You're a lovely, lovely human being. I mean that. Um, everyone, we will see you on the other side for episode 70. Thank you so much, guys. Ciao.